You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined just by Jeremy Birmingham today. It is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. The staff is scattered across the world right now so we're just going to pare it down to the old standbys me and you buddy and the offensive line uh took their turn to meet with us and update their spring progress on wednesday morning a very interesting uh spring for this unit and greg stujaro's group there um it's it's funny how quickly things have changed relatively quickly think back to two years ago where stujaro could barely get through spring ball they had to debate how they were going to format the spring game you know, how much they could go live because the depth was perilously thin. And then for a guy who allegedly can't recruit, he's done a pretty masterful job turning this into one of the deepest units in America. It's not even just that it's deep. I mean, these I, I implore everyone who's watching you and I talk about these kids to go listen to these kids talk. Like, this is a group of just super impressive people who really – I don't think there's a position in football where like the next set of leaders emerges more effortlessly than the offensive line. Like, because each of these kids takes three, four, five years to get to that moment. And by the time that they're there, these are grown men who are ready to to really lead a position. And it's just cool to watch. I mean, it, go look at Thayer Munford now as Thayer Munford when he came in as a freshman at Ohio State, not just as a football player, but his ability to to just talk. Uh, it's so different. I mean, and then you look at Nick Petit Frere, Paris Johnson, Luke Whipple, like these are great kids who are really good football players. And, uh, you know, we didn't even talk to some of the other guys like Matt Jones or, or Josh Fryer, who were who are talked about over and over today by everyone else. Uh, it's just a really deep group. And, you know, I still have questions. I still want to know what's going on with Enoch Vermahi and Ryan Jacoby and some of these other guys that are in the intermediate part of the roster. But, I guess if we don't talk about them, then maybe they don't exist. (laughs) Well, we saw that a number of them existed last year uh, in that Michigan State game. And Greg Sudrow actually shined a little bit more light on that, that the turnaround was basically the night before. And so for those wondering about why it may have looked a little disjointed, even though Ohio State uh, really dominated that game against a a decent defense and an aggressive front, um, I'm thinking mainly of Harry Miller and some snap issues that can be corrected, but he's not getting a chance to also do that this spring. You know, those guys stepped up in key situations. That's also why we're talking about how impressive this depth is because Josh Fryer at left guard throughout this spring so far, starting uh, Luke Whipler getting those key reps, Matthew Jones uh, right there battling at center as well. Not not even all those guys were uh, factors leading into that game or even coming out of it, but all played well. Um, That's kind of a, that maybe not even not maybe not even not the most important storyline. Yeah, easy for me to say there when you're talking about Paris Johnson going to guard, you know Harry Miller being out. You don't know how all that's going to play out, but you know there's there's guys that are stepping up here that are worth paying attention to. Yeah, and it's only going to get better. I mean, I think back to that Michigan State game and Max Ray started at tackle and played a flawless game, and we haven't heard a, a word about him since. And I guess that's what I'm talking about with these other players that are still sort of just floating around. 
we talk all the time and everyone's guilty of recency bias and, and the star bias. You know, we, we talk about the five stars. We talk about the guys that are new. Um, but those, those juniors, those sophomores heading into juniors that haven't played, those are the guys that ultimately really are the reason you have depth in an offensive line group. And, and I just think that for players like Jacoby and, and Max Ray, this spring is obviously pretty important for their long-term future as far as being a part of this Ohio State football team. But um, what we've seen with with Whipler, with uh, Harry Miller going down, with, with Matt Jones stepping up last year, with, um, you know, again, Josh Fryer, who is not a surprise to me by any stretch, but you know, it, it's one of those things where there's just so many guys that ha- think back to 2019 when Ryan Day took over. And, and again, I brought this up on our call last week. Um, the fact is that was he said that was the first thing he needed to address. And it's obviously been pretty successful. Yeah. So there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, what should be done with Paris Johnson? Is it uh, should he have had a shot to unseat two of the best tackles in America. When you look at the grades uh, for Nicholas Petit Frere and Thayer Munford last year, there was, you know, obviously we know what Alabama did. Uh, these are the top two returning tackles in America. The fact that Paris Johnson can be in that conversation is another reminder of how elite the potential was when he was evaluated. You've talked about that a number of times after following his recruitment burn, um, that that he could, that Greg Sudrawa could think about moving one of those two to guard to have Paris Johnson out there tells you how good he is. And also the fact that he's willing to stay at guard, if that's what's best for the Buckeyes, says a lot about him. There's been no dissension dating back to when he started practicing there before the Sugar Bowl. No uh, anger from Paris Johnson, no suggestion that Ohio State's messing with his future or breaking a promise about playing time. Um, you know, all we know is what he's saying and what others are saying about the way he works. And if he is fully content at guard because that gets him on the field, I mean, that makes Ohio State so much better. I think this is one of those things where uh, as media members, we want there to be strife. We want there to be some sort of anger or frustration. But Paris said it properly today. And I I don't know if he's been coached on it or not, knowing Paris and the type of person he is. I don't think he has. But he said, hey, this is only going to make me more valuable down the road to NFL teams. And he's absolutely right. When you're talking about NFL rosters where seven or eight offensive linemen travel to a, a game, you have to be able to play four different positions on that spot, on that line. And why, you know, how does it hurt him? He's still going to be a premier tackle in, in college football next year. Uh, it may happen at some point this year. You don't know. I mean, that's that's the, the curse of college football. You just simply don't know. Um, but Nick Petit-Frere was – in my opinion, the best offensive lineman on the Ohio State roster a year ago. And Thayer Munford coming back, there's just, you know, it sounds cliche to say, oh, we want the five best, want the five best. But uh, you want <laughs> the five best. How many times have you heard that this spring? Yeah, I mean, I, I think because, again, I think that's a, a byproduct of um, we and the media as a collective who are trying to create storylines where one doesn't exist. And the facts are very simple. These college coaches have one job, and that's to win football games. And the best way to win football games is to put your five best offensive linemen on the field. I think you would agree with this, that throughout our careers, we've, we've always found the offensive linemen to be some of the sharpest people in the game. Their understanding of, of their role in it and the bigger picture, uh, they're almost always the people that you go to first if you need some insight into why things are working, not working. Uh, and I think that that's part of this here for Ohio State's particular unit is also that it's not like quarterback or running back. Um, 
you know, if you get to the NFL level, there may be a difference in pay between tackle and guard. But if you're trying to win a national championship in college, being on the field would trump all of that rather than a position. Now, that's that that's a blanket statement that can't apply to everybody. But I think that when you're looking at this, like, I mean, Josh Fryer is athletic enough to also play tackle at some point. You know, he doesn't have to be pigeonholed to being a guard for the rest of his career. We've seen Harry Miller play both center and guard. And, uh, these guys, when they played in high school, Luke Whipler was doing some stuff at tackle for his team at times. So that versatility is important, but I also think that it's that sort of goes with the territory when you're playing offensive line that you're not necessarily going to be married to where exactly you line up. Yeah, and, and the, that's just the way football goes. Your best offensive lineman in high school generally plays tackle. It's, you know, your best athlete plays quarterback. Your best baseball player plays shortstop. Like that's, that's how it is for these kids when they're young. But as you get to Ohio State and you start to understand that you have a, a role to play, the offensive line is always the most important position in the game. And for Ohio State, I mean, it may be more important this year than any in the last decade for the Buckeyes when you have three new quarterbacks, running backs that are, are turning over, a bunch of wide receivers, that, you know, brand new tight ends. Like this is an important year for Ohio State to count on its offensive line. And the, the work that was done a year ago to really build up this depth, to give them the opportunity to get guys to learn how to play multiple positions, to get guys who understand that they may be called upon in a moment's notice and have to perform. I can't help but think that even with all those trials and tribulations of 2020, the offensive line's in a much better place for it. All right. So when Harry Miller returns, uh, Greg Studrawa suggested that he uh, is expecting him to be in that top five. think that it would probably be at center. That's what we've thought throughout this offseason. All indications are that's where this would go. However, when you don't give the, don't get those key reps to make that transition to get more comfortable with snapping, and Luke Whippler and Matthew Jones do get them, that maybe opens up the door for something else. Another reminder of the depth, but also just the importance of that center role. I'd have to think that they would have preferred to wrap up this competition by the end of spring, and that's that's just not this. That is one situation Ohio State is in that wouldn't be considered ideal in my mind. Yeah, I mean, you look at the roster, and Greg Studron was talking about how he's got 11 guys going through their first spring. You have, as I've already talked about, other guys like Vamahi and Jacoby and, and Max Ray that are there as well. And then you have Paris, Thayer, Nick, Matt. I mean, this is a loaded group. And no matter how important it is, these kids are all still in the position where they're looking at their own prospective futures. And, I mean, it's college football 2021. To, to understand that attrition is likely uh, is a part of the puzzle. And so – these next few weeks are going to be vital for the guys that are preparing and, and it's vital for the guys that are being held out. I mean, Dewan Jones today was only mentioned briefly because he's out uh, the last couple of days with a, a minor bug or a minor injury, whatever uh, Greg Studrara was hinting at. And so you just, every one of these reps is important and it, it all plays into how things develop come summertime when the depth chart really starts taking hold. And, um, you know, when you have a lot of really great players in college football, they're going to find their, their way onto the field, and it may not be in your stadium. A week and a half left in that competition just uh, before spring camp wraps up for the Buckeyes. Going to keep uh, covering that as well as we can. Sounds like a possibility of some more open practices coming, and then obviously the spring game where everybody gets a chance to evaluate it on April 17th. We're going to keep uh, 
Keep rolling along with our coverage of Ohio State all year at LettermanRow.com and more practice reports from Byers Auto on the way. He's Bernard, I'm Austin Ward. Stay with us uh, all year for coverage of the Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com.